How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 271 of X-Lapsed, where I promise not to take up too much of your time today. Uh, this is uh, Unlimited Day, which means it is, uh, for the fifth of probably many, many more weeks, uh, X-Men Green Day. And if you've been following along to this point, you'll know that this is not my favorite story. This has uh, really been one of my least favorite stories since we've started the show, and perhaps since I started reading comic books... Actually, since I started reading anything. Honestly, I've probably been more um, entertained reading the back of a cereal box <laughs> than, uh, than I've been reading X-Men Green. So, at the risk of repeating myself, as I tend to do over and over and over again by you know pointing out the same things I've pointed out the last four times we talked about X-Men Green, I'm going to keep it as short as humanly possible... Hopefully when we get to the review portion, it'll just be me, like, groaning for, like, three seconds, and then we can move on to Jeff the Landshark. But before we get into it, I, I want to talk about uh, some research I did during the uh, the previous week here. You guys know me. Um, you know, contrary to, well, not popular belief, but the belief of, like, one or two people out there, I, I don't want to hate these books. You know, I, I try to make that as clear as possible. In fact, I usually... You know, try to factor in the whatever Chris bias or Chris problems might go into a story. You guys know I don't rate things on a you know out of five or an out of ten scale because I think that's lazy and baity, so I don't do that. But when I used to work for sites that did that, um, I would always I would always skew a little bit higher. There was a uh, like a Chris curve involved in my ratings scale because I know that I come into current year comics with baggage and bias. So if I read something that I would normally give a 5 out of 10, I'd probably skew up to a 6.5 or a 7 out of 10 because I would factor in the crispness of my review. So I try to be as cognizant as possible that I've got biases, you know. Uh, There are things about current year comics that don't really appeal to me as a fan. And so, you know, I, I try to get a more well-rounded picture here. And so, uh, what I did this past week is I went to a bunch of X-Men Facebook groups and just said, hey, uh, I want to get some people's thoughts on this X-Men Green. And now I really didn't, like, prime the pump, so to speak, by saying, you know, everything I didn't care for about this story, but I did say that, you know, I found it wasn't for me and it was bothering me that I was having problems with it and I wanted to see if other people had the same or perhaps dissenting opinions that can maybe open my eyes to something. You know, I went into it with the uh, with the express purpose of being, I don't know, enlightened or just uh, to be given the opportunity to see this story through the prism of someone else's point of view. And uh, the, the result was... 
Well, nobody came out and said they hated it. Nobody came out and said they loved it. Most of the answers, actually all of the answers were, what is that? And I mean, these weren't small groups. These are groups with like tens of thousands of members in it. And the dozens of folks who uh, replied had no idea that this was even a thing that existed on this planet. Which I suppose is uh, probably why I haven't received all that much in the way of clapback for uh, my opinions on this story. It's because people don't know it exists. And uh, I've mentioned before that uh, the popularity of this program, in, in as far as how many times it's downloaded, it really does ebb and flow with whatever book or story I'm discussing. So if we're talking about X-Men or Wolverine, it's going to get more listens. If we're talking about something like, I don't know, an X-Corp or a Hellions, it's going to get less listens. And if we're talking about something like X-Men Unlimited, it's going to get very, very few listens. So um, I really don't know what I learned from this, but uh, maybe I didn't learn anything at all. I just uh, was very curious to see how people were taking this one, and I even took to uh, Twitter this morning and sent out the question again. And So we're going to be doing something a little different during this program. Uh, it's going to be some real time here. I'm not expecting... Actually, I'm not expecting any replies <laughs> to my message here, but uh, as I get them, I will share them here on the show. So this is going to be like a real-time thing. It's almost like uh, we're, we're doing it live on tape the day before it's going to come out. I don't know. It's something different. I've got two windows up, so if replies come in, bada-bing, bada-boom, I'm going to share whatever thoughts I get with you. Anyway, with all that said and done, I'll quit my vamping, and we'll get into this issue. This is X-Men Unlimited, Volume 3, Number 9. We're going to say October 2021, Cover Date. Story is untitled, but we will call it X-Men Green, Part 5, out of several hundred, probably. Written by Jerry Duggan, art Emilio Lazo, colors Rachel Rosenberg, letters VCs Josephino, edits Amaro Bisa White Sabolski appeared on the Marvel Unlimited app on October the 25th of 2021. Now, for better or worse, I, I think it's safe to say for worse, uh, we pick up right where we left off. Black Mamba has just super-kicked Nature Girl, and Curse is being just an annoying pain in the ass. Now, Mamba does not have the time nor the interest to deal with Curse's crap, and so she blisses the little creep. This is one of her powers, I guess. Now, not for nothing, I think a better use of her powers would be to maybe bliss me, so uh, I would be seeing a better story. Anyway, uh, Nature Girl sweeps the leg, tripping Black Mamba to the ground, and giving us a pretty good look at what looks to be one of the most uncomfortable-looking wedgies in the history of wedgies. Like, Mamba's butt floss absolutely disappears up her ass. Uh, this is borderline explicit. Um, I mean, hey, uh, can we get some of the always offended crowd on social media to, to notice this and maybe boycott it? Maybe? <clears throat> anyway, from here, we hop into Curse's blissed mind and we see what she sees. And it's her dream come true, which is to say the entire refinery has been burned to the... Well, not burned to the ground, it's still on fire. It's like a raging inferno. And all of the Cobra Vipers inside have been rendered into nothing more than smoldering skeletons. Oh, and we got our first reply from Twitter here. And uh, my tweet was basically, is anybody reading this? And uh, if so, what are your thoughts? And our friend Ed Moore wrote in and said, I've read them as they're short and I'm a completionist. They have zero redeeming value and I can't imagine what the point is other than a blatant money grab by Marvel. And yeah, I think, uh, I think I would have to agree. I think this is a way to like give an extra value to Marvel Unlimited in like the with like putting forth the least amount of effort. 
And maybe also as a way, because I mean, this is a very, very preachy story, right? This is a story that I think, I think kind of works better online as a freebie because if, could you imagine if we paid four bucks for this? <laughs> I, I think even the most ass kissingest and integrityless reviewers would would maybe call them out on this kind of stuff. Well, no, probably not. This would probably get a 15 out of 10 by them, but but it's definitely not a mainstream sort of story. So I can see it I can see it working a little bit better, being you know on this more experimental medium as uh, the the Infinity Comics on Marvel Unlimited. But I agree, they have zero <laughs> redeeming value. At least the Wolverine four party we started with was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't great, but uh, I feel like that was a, I don't know, a showcase for how these Infinity comics are going to go with what with manipulating the scrolling and whatnot. I think that was more of just a showing what this could be. And it was fine for what it was. I mean, it's not something I would have paid four bucks for. I I mean, I would have because I'm an idiot, but it's not something I would have been happy (laughs) about spending four bucks for. But thank you so much for, for replying because... Nobody else seems to be following this story. Anyway, back to the story. We've got Curse. She's standing there drooling. You know, she sees these smoldering skeletons and this raging fire going all over the refinery. From here, we return to our epic Nature Girl versus Black Mamba battle. And they're pretty evenly matched. And it's worth noting here that Nature Girl actually attacks with her antlers. Which... I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good way to break one's own neck, does it not? I mean, could you imagine, like, slamming, you know, your head into something? I don't know. Uh, They also banter for a bit. And, um, not sure I hate to say it, but I have to say it. Black Mamba's actually making the most sense here. Now, she calls Nature Girl and Krakoa at large out for being hypocrites. Claiming that, you know, money grows on trees for mutants, while everyone else has to do whatever they can to scrape by. Which, you know, I'm of two minds on, because it's like, sure, sure, it's true, but I feel like we're, like, forcibly shifting back from aggressive environmentalism to a critique of capitalism again. I don't know. Uh, Mamba pretty much admits that she's for sale here. She's like, hey... You want to pay me? I'll work for you. You know, she will happily join Nature Girl on her environmental crusade. She'll blow up oil companies and whatnot, so long as they pay her to do so. From here, we hop back over to Curse. Now, Curse is shaken out of her stupor by Freedom the dog and uh, gets back to the business of being an asshole. She curses one of the Cobra Vipers, reminding him of a time that he'd hugged his father. Because, you know, daddy issues. Because everybody who works at an oil refinery secretly does so in order to finally get their father's respect and love. And that's no joke. Curse pretty much says as much. She then picks up the Cobra Viper's rifle, which I thought they all had handguns last issue. Who cares? Um, Anyway, Curse takes aim and attempts to shoot Black Mamba, but Mamba's too fast. Then a Viper sneaks up behind Nature Girl and locks her in a bear hug. Mamba recovers and proceeds to unleash the... Dark Force. And this is basically generic ethereal swirls of green stuff. Um, I think it's like the opposite of her bliss power, uh, where it shows its target their worst nightmare. And so, Nature Girl is visited upon by the dude who she killed by stabbing him in the throat with the scissors like 150 chapters ago. Now, he calmly asks Nature Girl if she thinks she might have overreacted a bit. No, no, she does not. She's sticking to her guns. He calmly reminds her that, uh, well, she doesn't know him, and for all she knows, he has a family who he can no longer provide for, seeing as though he's 
dead. And also, we're reminded of the death of that turtle. So yeah, remember, this whole thing started because a turtle choked on a bag. Now, our dead guy attempts to reason with Nature Girl, saying, you know, the death of this turtle, it, was, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but it also wasn't his fault. And you'd think this might be Nature Girl's, like, come-to-Jesus moment, where she maybe realizes that there's, like, a difference between an ideology and reality, and not everything is quite so black and white. But nope, this is Nature Girl. <laughs> she not only doesn't apologize, in fact, she doubles down. She says, if given the opportunity, she would kill him again. Now, worth noting, or probably not worth noting, but this is the scene in which the scroll gimmick comes into play. We get a bunch of, I think it's supposed to be comedy. Yes, I think it's supposed to be comedy. We get this comedy with Curse jumping into and out of the dark matter. And trust me, it's even less funny and more annoying than I'm making it sound. I think at this point, Nature Girl is somehow able to, like, co-opt the dark matter power, because suddenly... An ethereal dying turtle appears, says, avenge me, and then spits out a hunk of plastic bag at Black Mamba's feet. Mamba's not impressed. In fact, she thinks it's pretty gross. Mamba then tells Nature Girl that she understands why she'd think she's the bad guy in all this, but also tells old NG that she's most certainly got some issues of her own she needs to work out for herself. But of course, being the living embodiment of Reddit, Nature Girl refuses to exit the echo chamber that is her own mind. By now, an army of Cobra Vipers have assembled behind Mamba, and it looks like this story and Nature Girl's life might thankfully be over. But then... Squawk! Sauron shows up. And so this story must continue. And as has become customary uh, for X-Men Green, I've already peeked at the very end of next week's offering. And yeah, it's also to be continued. So, uh, there's no end inside here, folks. And, you know, as I said at the start of this episode here, I'm not going to waste your time. So I'm not going to really say a whole heck of a lot about this one. Uh, I still don't like it. It's not not a good sign when when our villain is making more sense than our heroes. And it's actually more reasonable. Curse and Nature Girl are probably the most hateable characters that I've, I've read in a very, very long time. Just don't care for this. I, I am looking forward to it being over with. And, uh, and I mean, if you want more thoughts from me on this, uh, there are already a couple of hours committed to audio of me talking about X-Men Green in the archives. You're welcome to go check those out. Um, it's very repetitive stuff. It's just me saying I do not care for this. And, uh, and I also don't really appreciate being lectured. So yeah, I will waste no more of your day on X-Men Green today. And let's instead hop into It's Jeff Number 9. We're going to say this has an October 2021 cover date. Uh, the story's called Chum Like It Hot. Written by Kelly Thompson with art by Girahiru. Edits Go Wacka Sabalski appeared on the app October the 22nd of 2021. Now we open during a particularly sweltering day, and Jeff the Landshark is trying to keep cool by any means possible. Now he starts by doing that thing my dogs do when it's hot out, uh, by trying to chill out on the kitchen floor... You know, trying to get the belly on the on the cold tile or, or the cold whatever of the floor. But it's just too dang hot. And so, he's got the idea to take a peek into the fridge. He opens it up and he's hit by a burst of cool air and he suddenly, you know, he's he's got a plan. We jump ahead a few minutes to Hawkeye arriving in the kitchen. And have I mentioned how friggin' annoying it is to have two characters called Hawkeye? Uh, c- couldn't they have just given Kate Bishop another name? 
House of Ideas. Anyway, uh, the other Hawkeye discovers much of the food that had been in the fridge has now been strewn all over the kitchen floor. And so she investigates. And of course, inside the fridge, she discovers our boy Jeff napping. And she gives him a shout, and then the boot. Jeff heads into the backyard with his empty above-ground pool. Now, this might be the most unbelievable part of the entire story for me. Um, We saw a thermometer inside, which showed that it's at least 130 degrees out. And we see here Kate's got a pool, but hasn't filled it. Come on, come on. I I can believe that a baby shark can walk on four legs. I can even believe that the folks at Marvel were too uncreative to give Kate Bishop her own code name. But the pool being empty on a 130-degree day? Eh Eh-eh, I don't buy it. And so, Jeff decides to uh, rectify the situation by dragging a hose over to fill the pool up. Unfortunately, it looks like Kate's been using the hose for target practice, as it's all full of holes. So, it looks like Jeff's out of luck. But then, he has an excellent idea, and that's x hyphen cellent because uh, we got some X stuff here. He makes a phone call, and before we know it, he's in the backyard making baby shark snow angels. You see, the person he called was... Iceman, and so Bobby dutifully arrived to help cool down the backyard for our little shark. And that is where we leave it. So this is the ninth time we're talking about Jeff here on the show, and um, you know, as I said with X-Men Green, I don't want to waste your time today. So uh, there are already several hours of me expressing my love and adoration for this, uh, this little character here. So rather than repeat myself for a ninth time... <laughs> I will just say that I very much enjoyed this. Jeff's a great little palate cleanser after a story like X-Men Green, and it's just a fun story at any time. And I, I do love that uh, we actually got some current year X stuff in here. So uh, even if we weren't including Jeff in this little adventure of ours, uh, we would have to talk about this story because Bobby shows up. And what's more, he actually did more than he would in a usual issue of Marauders. So there you go. From here, let's hop into the mailbag, and uh, here's a letter that I've been sitting on for a little while because, well, we haven't done, you know, plain old original recipe X-Labs for a little bit. We've been in the essentials mode for now, so let's get to Evan's message about X-Corp number three. He says, maybe it's grading on a curve, but I like this issue better than the previous two. I can't dispute any of the holes you poked in it, but the story made more sense to me and had a few promising bits. And, you know, that's what I'm finding. Um, uh, Some folks whose opinions I I definitely value uh, have said that they enjoyed 3 or maybe just didn't dislike 3 quite as much as the rest of the series. And, you know, um, looking back, uh, there's no way I'd say I like this story (laughs) at all. But, uh, yeah, this was probably the least offensive to me. I still wouldn't recommend it, but I I could totally see why folks might dig this one. Evan continues, The shift in Madrox's character bothers me too, but I'd feel better about it if we had some in-story explanation as to why he's a workaholic, why he doesn't care about spending time with Layla, etc. It does make sense that Jamie could become a scientist with the way his powers have evolved, but why? I guess it's better than being only the ubiquitous mutant workforce. And yeah, you're right, it's a certainly a step up from being just like <laughs> the things that we see picking flowers in every single Krakoan field. But I still feel like it's a step back because, I don't know, Jamie had been, he had like grown so much as a character. And as a, I felt like he stopped being defined by his power, you know, um, uh, Peter David, I mean, it's in its, I know it's unfair to compare really many writers to Peter David, but he had Jamie mature in a way that I think a lot of people found unexpected. And a lot of people really, really enjoyed it when it, you know, came around. 
it just feels like a step back now where rather than Jamie being a person who found, you know, who kind of found himself and found his purpose in family, now he's just back to being a power. You know, he's the guy who can make duplicates of himself, and so he makes duplicates of himself, and uh, pencilers can fill pages full of Jamie dupes. It just feels a little low-hanging to me, just very low effort. Evan continues, At least the IBG gives the HQ something to do other than be the helicarrier with landscaping. The IBG, oi, um, high-speed internet. (laughs) Wow, that's a new invention. Uh, Evan continues, I may sound like a broken record, but please stop using Sunspot as X-Men wallpaper in the book that he should be starring in. If you want to use other characters, fine, no problem, but this is like having other mutants do the dirty work in X-Force while Wolverine cleans the offices or trims the shrubbery. Totally. Totally true, and this has been one of the problems that I've seen a lot of folks have with this book is is kind of shoehorning certain characters into these into these roles. Like, why is Monet in charge of anything? I think the real answer is that Teeny Howard wanted to write a snarky, sassy Monet in a book, and this was the best way to go about doing it. If you look at her past here, there's absolutely no reason for her to be in charge. Maybe give her a job at the corporate level, but running the show? No, certainly not. Now, Evan wraps up with, I always appreciate a Squirrel Girl reference and puns, uh, but I need more from my favorite Marvel character. Yeah, there was a Squirrel Girl uh, mention in uh, X-Corp number three, but we didn't, I don't even think we saw her. I think it was just a a mention in passing, a reference, yeah. Um, I still have not gotten around to checking out any of uh, Squirrel Girl here. I've tried to. And I hold Evan's opinion in in pretty high regard, Uh, so I have tried to. I've got Marvel Unlimited, I've gone through, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't get past the art. I I want to, (laughs) because I think there's probably some fun stories in there, but the art just does a number on me. I can't, can't get past it. Maybe one of these days I'll be able to, but, uh... Well, probably not anytime soon, but uh, thank you so much for writing in on X-Corp, Evan. It's always great to hear from you, and sorry it took me so long to get to this one. It's just been, uh, you know, a essential season here on the show. I think I think my latest DCBS order has been shipped, so we'll probably be getting that anytime between tomorrow and uh, Christmas. So <laughs> that's when the plain all X-Lapsed will be back on the airwaves. Um... Now that is the mailbox. Let's hop into some shoutouts here, thanking the folks who helped to spread the word about the show, raise the profile of this little program. Over on Twitter, I want to thank Dave Schultz, Jeremiah, Joe Crawford, 21st Century Boys, Billy D, Walt Nealon, Jody Yarden, Mike Pierce, Wayne Burroughs, Dr. G from Pulp to Pixel, and Mark Jagger. Over on Facebook, I want to thank Evan Bevins, Herman, Andrew Franklin, Jody Yarden, Chris Bailey, Pat Sampson, Jeremiah, Jesse D. Young, Billy D., and Joe Cabrera. Pretty good turnout this time, and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully the show will start to reach some new ears in uh, the coming days and weeks here, because uh, the numbers are getting pretty stagnant. Um, I mentioned at the start of the show that, you know, uh, as with you know Marvel sales go the numbers of the show, right? Uh, people listen more when it's a book that they're interested in. And that makes total sense here. But I'm also learning more about the business of comics through, you know, my silliness here, where I now see firsthand why Marvel and DC are so quick to renumber things at number one. (laughs) Because I tell you what, you get a lot more listeners for an episode one than you do an episode 271. So uh, 
I guess I probably should stop complaining about Marvel and DC doing that so often. I- I'm not going to do that. No worries here. They won't be in X-Lapsed Volume 2 Number 1. <laughs> We're going to keep going and just hope that uh, people will uh, give us a try every now and again. Let's hop over to thanking the patrons over at patreon.com slash xlapsed. I want to thank Andrew Franklin, Ed Moore, Walt Nealon, Jeremiah, Jason Colby, The Scary Stuff Podcast, Jesse DeYoung, Damian, Peter McPherson, Mark Jagger, and a huge welcome and thank you to Herman and Andrew in Belfast. I can't tell you how like amazing it is to wake up to uh, messages saying that there's, uh, there's new patrons. It's... Uh, it's hard to put into words. It's uh, something that's way beyond my, you know, peanut-sized brain to actually, you know, uh, verbalize. But uh, it it means the world. I assure you, it uh, it means the absolute world. So thank you all so so much. And uh, I think that'll do it for today. If anybody out there would like to get a hold of me for any reason, if you've read X Men Green and love it or hate it or don't even know that it exists, please feel free to let me know. Rattle my cage. Tell me something. I I'm at Ace Comics on Twitter. You can shoot me an email over to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, or you can call into the X-Lapsed voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. Now, for blog posts and show notes, you can go to the all-new, all-different chrisisonfiniteearths.com. Still a a work in progress in as far as the aesthetic is concerned. I think all the posts are where they belong. I haven't had the opportunity to go through all, you know, 2,500 of them, but uh, they're listed. (laughs) Hopefully they're there, and hopefully they're legible. I am going to be working on remastering those in the not-too-distant future, just as soon as I can, you know, finally decide on what I want the site to look like. As I've mentioned a few times already, I know what I want it to look like, I just can't actually, like, picture it. (laughs) You know, I know the things I want, it just, my brain doesn't work that way. I can't actually draw it and make it a thing. Hopefully, hopefully soon. My wife is going to help me with it, and she's really good at that kind of thing. So, fingers crossed, she will uh, whoop me and the site into something presentable. Uh, You can join us on Facebook. The group is 90s X-Men. And, uh, of course, the audio archives are at chrisandreggie.podbean.com, available anywhere you find noise on the internet. And one more time, there is the Patreon. Patreon.com slash xlapsed. A lot of exclusive content, a lot of good conversation. A lot of good times, and uh, you're only charged at the first of the month. So, if you sign up anytime between now and the first of December, you ain't paying nothing. <laughs> you can check it out. You can see if you dig it. If you dig it, and want to stick around? That's cool. If you get your fill and have had enough, hey, that's fine too. I appreciate any opportunity to uh, engage with you all. So I, I thank you in advance. But that'll do it for today. I'd like to thank you all so much for allowing me to reside in your ear for about a half hour today. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.